to another episode of the Winging It Formula One podcast. We are now entering our second year, I guess, because we had our first year birthday party the other day, which was 100 minutes of us going crazy. Um, but we're back to normal now because we are back in Baku for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix of 2021. Woohoo! Another street track. Woohoo! Life is kind of normal um, because it's a street track. Formula One can now cl- still close off two city centres to have races in. So, yay. Piss off, COVID. Um, I'm Freddie Coates, and I am joined by two fantastic people who are going to help me pre-dissect this year's Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I'm joined with Nigel Chu and Adam Dickinson. How are you, boys? Adam, you're doing well? I see you are in a blanket on one of the in a heat wave. I'm in a blanket in a heat wave. Yeah, I was just... You know, not been awake for that long, so I'm going for <laughs> the blanket approach. We might have to take it off at some point. It's still kind of cool here. Um, yeah, I like how you kind of you said that our birthday episode was 100 minutes of us going crazy, as if the our whole podcast as a whole hasn't been 71 of the episodes of us going crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Looking normal. forward to Baku. They're doing, as you say, closing off two city centres to race between, which seems a really weird way of doing things to me personally. But if, if that's what they're doing this year, then fair enough. Right, they closed off Monaco last week, was what I was going with. Um, mm. So do they, like, race between them? Just do, like, lengths? Yeah, I guess so. Um, right. <laughs> like, lengths, like swimming. Um, yeah. Yeah, they go from harbour to harbour. Um, Nigel, how are you doing? Save us from this insanity. Oh, wait, you're Nigel, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I'm fine, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, when was the last time we had two back-to-back proper street circuits I can't think of any time proper seat street circuits makes it difficult because yeah. you can always say Singapore Sochi and Sochi yeah I think you might have to go back to like I don't know, Canada and Azerbaijan are we allowed them I guess then it goes Monaco Canada Azerbaijan oh yeah yeah, yeah to be <laughs> fair the last time it's just Monaco Azerbaijan last uh, 2019 but... yeah yeah I don't know. There we go. That's that's settled. So how are you then, Nigel? Yeah, I said I'm fine. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Good, good. Um, let's get down to the busy end of the podcast, and that's um, the 2021 Azerbaijan Grand Prix. It feels weird not saying 2020 Azerbaijan Grand Prix because we didn't have it um, for me personally. Um, there's, an insight into, there's an insight into my mind. Um, oh, we did have 2020, but you know. Um, but yeah, so the first topic we're going to discuss is um, something we missed out a bit on in Monaco. We had it in the in the preamble with the um, the press conferences, which was the Hamilton versus Verstappen. It was the first race where we didn't have any Hamilton versus Verstappen action. And for the two, apart from, you know, sort of off-track stuff like the championship standings and Hamilton trying to play mind games and shooting himself in the foot. Um, so do we think there's going to be more Hamilton versus Verstappen at loggerheads ahead of everyone else this race, return to the status quo of the first four? Or do we think it's going to be something different and there's going to be more of a gap between the two of them? Nigel? I think, yes. I, I think they're going to collide this weekend. I think Ooh. I think, it, I think it, it's inevitable there will be a collision this year, no, no matter how they try to put it, say, there won't be contacts. And I think this weekend, given how they've raced so far... There's not, there's not much runoff at back. Well, there's no runoff at back. <laughs> so if they're trying to like force each other up, widen off, I can see 
things getting a bit frisky, especially on the first lap or two. So, yes, I think a collision is inevitable and it could happen as early as Sunday, I think. Um, Who do you think is going to frisk who? Uh, um, I don't know. I, I feel like the collision is something that we'll kind of end up waiting for for a lot longer. I mean, like when Leclerc was at Ferrari and like you predict his race win every, not you particularly, but kind of people would like every weekend be like, oh, he's going to win this weekend. And then he wouldn't. And then I don't know. I feel like it'll be that, that we'll kind of be waiting it for it for a long time. And then, yeah, I think it'll happen later in the season. But it could, as you say, provide very sound logic for having I'll be shocked if they don't collide this year it'd be like 23 races it'd be mad if they didn't have some I think they'll well I think they might have contact this weekend in terms of like I don't think it'll be kind of terminal for either of them Um, I don't know I I just think I just think it'll be one of those things that we kind of wait for it for a long time Um, but yeah in terms of this weekend I think I'm looking very looking forward to actually Baku is a good circuit in a bad country and that's what f1 does best so (laughs) yeah yeah that's true um yeah i I do forget my point so i'll hand hand back to you that's all right okay (laughs) um if it comes back to you then mention it it's um it's come back to me um yeah i i think the pattern we seem to have seen in the first races is kind of verstappen racing very hard and Lewis kind of take you know being the pacifist that's probably not the right word but he kind of seems to be the one that bails out a bit more I think we saw that particularly at Imola um so I'd be interested to kind of see where and was it Portimao as well um, I um I think Imola was the one where he didn't bail out on and then realized he had to go he went all over the curbs and that threw him way mm. off and Verstappen then waltzed off from that I think from that one, it's led. It made him think maybe I do need to be a little bit more um, either um, aggressive when I'm ahead, but not you know if I'm being overtaken or I need to be a bit more restrained. So when he was overtaking in Portimao, he just ran Verstappen right off the track um, in the way Verstappen did to him at Imola, um, giving him no hope at all in the second DRS zone or anything. And then in Barcelona, when Verstappen flung his car right up him at the start. Um, Hamilton had to move out of the way of that because he could have legitimately turned in and just been like, oh, he crashed into me. And Verstappen could have got a grid pace penalty or something for that, to be honest. Um, So I think it's going to be an interesting one to see because I was going to make a point that I think there needs to be... like Hamilton seems to have the perception that he can sort of um, mature into the lead as the race goes on, if that makes sense. Um, And like, yeah, oh, we can let Verstappen go and wander off and think he's got a chance and then we'll just beat him. Um, But at the end of the day, that hasn't worked out because in Monaco, when Mercedes were on the back foot, now Verstappen and Red Bull are in the championship lead. So you've got to kind of think of, they probably, I think there needs to be a bit more of an aggression from lap one from Mercedes and Hamilton. It works to, is it both Portugal and Spain? Did Verstappen take the lead at uh, Portugal? No, he didn't. Um, he was ahead. He, he got he, he took, Bottas was the lead, and Verstappen was out ahead of Hamilton. Right. And Hamilton came back and went up the inside, didn't he? Out really mm. aggressive down yeah. the pit wall. I think that's what I was thinking of. I think that's what I was thinking of. It seemed. I think it has worked, other than at Monaco, where they, he was just awful. But I think apart from that, and Bottas wasn't able to keep pace with him. But I, I think apart from that, it does seem to have worked so far that Verstappen's been better off the line and better into the first corner and managed to 
get ahead of Hamilton in a few races, but it's not that's not been enough for him to win the race, which is why Hamilton's won three and Verstappen's won two. I think there's some stat that Verstappen is the only driver to have led laps in double in triple figures, even this lap this year. Um, I think Hamilton's only had like 70 or 80 laps and he's won three out of five races. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it is working. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes here because obviously you're, it's a track with a 2.2 kilometer straight on it, um, yeah. <laughs> which lends itself very nicely to overtaking. Um, and to our next debate, which will be the flexi wing controversy, which is um, going to be big sore point coming into this weekend because um, just to um, give a brief overview of the entire controversy, um, the Rebel rear wing and a few other cars along in the paddock um, have been accused of basically being able to bend back when they're going down the straights which means that it's a lower rear wing um, which means it's got less drag which means they can go at a higher speed on the straights but also then the ring, the, the wing is taut enough and high enough to provide downforce in the corners. Um, the the reason this is a controversy is because it's bending when it's at, you know, 180 miles an hour, but not when they're doing the tests in the pit lane prior to the race and so on. So um, basically Rebels is doing this and people are very annoyed because it's basically cheating because it has been cheating for 20, 30 years to do movable bodywork and flexible rings and that and have it all impacted by aerodynamics and stuff like that. And yeah, so I think the whole big talk is are Mercedes going to protest the Red Bull? Um, Nigel, what, what's your thoughts on this big flexi wing debate? Well, well, there's a bit more to it, isn't there? Because Red Bull can protest Mercedes because Mercedes's front wing yes. is bending. So it's kind of, I think if if Mercedes do protest Red Bull, I think Red Bull will just protest Mercedes, and Red and Mercedes's front wing is is bending just as much from the video footage I've seen anyway. It's bending just yeah. as much as the Red Bull rear wing. I know they're completely different parts of the car, but. The basic rules are that you're not allowed to have flexible wings, as Adam perfectly shows with if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, so I think I I don't think there will be a protest. I think I think it'll be interesting to see if Red Bull have to modify their rear wing a lot uh, for the French Grand Prix because that's when they're going to have new tests, new rules. So over the last few over the last few weeks, the FIA have been building some kind of system to. Uh, test the rear wings and it'll be interesting to see if that does have an impact on Red Bull's performance but I really don't think I mean Red, Mercedes had talked about Red Bull's rear wing gaining what half a second six tenths or something ridiculous but I don't think it, it is worth that much because six tenths that's I mean DRS is worth about six tenths and, and it's, it's not as much as that so I don't think it, it I don't think the performance gain is as much as Mercedes are saying but I think it's Fantastic for us that there's, as well as the on-track battles, there's also some off-track controversy, I guess. And I think it just intensifies the battle even more, which, which for me is just brilliant, I think. Mm, I think it's worth seven tens. No. Um, yeah, I, I... It's really... It's just like, it's, it's F1, isn't it? It's yeah. like pure F1 of like everything that goes on off-track and like the Wolf-Horner rivalry or Honor getting very annoyed at Wolf and kind of Wolf not really caring. Um, but yeah, it's kind of now, this is kind of, yeah, what it's all about. There's teams, obviously they push the limits as far as they can on um, 
the technical regulations, but they also try to make every advantage they can with the FIA and with these protests. And we saw that um, last year with the DAS system and with Aston Martin and all the teams protesting them. Uh, sorry, Racing Point. Got him. Um, and all the teams protesting there. So it is, it's kind of part and parcel of F1, really. And yeah, it just as you say, adds a lot more spice heading into the weekend. And I think there will be a protest from Mercedes. It might depend. It might depend if they like do Friday running and Red Bull seem to have the upper hand. I think there'll be a protest then. I think they could yeah. well be a protest from McLaren because they are a team who are very, very angry about all of this in um, Monaco, and I think they were basically saying, so "Happy, he's just a happy man. He's like, oh yeah, I got third in Monaco, yay! <laughs> so he's happy, and he's got nice overalls, and people, you know." Andreas Seidel is very angry. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think McLaren, if any team were to protest, would be them. But, I mean, it seems to be like half the teams on the grid are doing this anyway. Maybe yeah, Ferrari, six or seven. Alfa Romeo. I was about yeah. to say that. Alpine, yeah, I think, are. It's not just um, Red Bull. It's a lot of the grid that would be disadvantaged by this if there is kind of a protest and a bigger crackdown. And that's why they've given the time. Nigel alluded to it there. They're not bringing, they announced after in after Spanish Grand Prix that they were going to bring in... Um, stronger tests from the French Grand Prix, which at the time was when the Turkish Grand Prix was going to happen was um, three races away and the better part of two months away. So it gives the teams, particularly in budget cap world, time to um, t- make their wings just that little bit stronger on, on, on the straights, just to beef it up a bit. And you kind of think that's all they can do. Otherwise, they're going to disqualify 10 cars every weekend. And that's just a complete catastrophe. Um, but obviously Mercedes won't see not it like that. The They'll 10. see it like, exactly, not for the other 10. Um, so I think, you know, maybe Williams will be very angry about all of this, but who knows? Um, it's, it's one that's going to run and run and run and run. Um, Sky F1 are trying to get everyone to call them limbo wings for some reason, and that annoys me. Um, they're called flexi wings. They've been called flexi wings for 30 years. Deal with it. Um, and that's the start of my campaign with that. Um, Probably the end as well. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see the, the outcome of that at the end of this weekend. Maybe it will just be nothing. It will have hyped up a damp squib with that. But yeah. um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if we get any replays from the amazing TV directors. So amazing. But to see if they showed, showed the real wings or, or, or anything like that. Thank God, thank God we're thing. back. Thank God we're yeah, back with not, F- F1, not with yeah. Monaco doing it. Yeah, the, Mo- the Monaco Auto Club aren't yeah. providing the coverage for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, so it should be a bit better. Fingers crossed. We used, to, used to have it in the British Grand Prix, it was the RAC would do it, mm. or the BRDC, whichever one. They would just do it, and I always find that quite fun. But just like, if it's like the BRDC, you've got like um, Damon Hill just manning a camera, just filming the cars and absolutely failing and stuff like that. Didn't, um, didn't like BBC and ITV do their, like run their own coverage for a bit as well? Before, like well, they, the may well have, they, may, they may well have done the um, British races actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, I think they, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, speaking of something that may be a damp squib, um, I, we can look back at Baku. What do we think of Baku as a track? Because in 2016, we all went in there thinking this is going to be crazy. Look at the GP2; they're all crashing into each other. Matsu has been banned for a race because he did stupid crap mm-hmm. because everyone's doing stupid stuff because of this track. And then we had a really tedious race. So, um, 
what do we but then in 2017 and 18 we had crazy races it's kind of and then 2019 we didn't have a crazy race it's kind of like we've had bad good good bad so mm. where do we think this one's going to lie what do we think of back as a track do we like the challenge do we think it's weird do we think it's cool do we think it's been a basically now the blueprint for every new track in formula one since if you look at vietnam and Jeddah. um go give me discussion really about like baku it. I think on the F1 game, it's my favourite track to drive. And I, I like the fact that it's got a genuinely unique section in the castle section. It's one of the few um, parts of a circuit over the last like 15 years that has, has got a corner name or kind of been, been named. It's kind of Turn 8 Turkey. That's probably the only one that springs to mind for me. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's a fantastic yeah, circuit. It's been so well put together. It the way it encompasses the old town is amazing. It's still got some elevation change, which is always nice. And it's got a stonking straight at the end of it as well with a few high speed corners um, or flat corners. So yeah, I really like it. I think, I think there'll be a good race this year, largely because kind of looking at the tracks, I think most of the races have kind of exceeded expectations for the track. Most of them have been good. So I think this one will be, too. I think they'll, you know, probably expect some, I don't know, you know, like a McLaren or Ferrari going for the podium, hopefully. Um, there'll hopefully be a battle at the front between Hamilton and Verstappen. And yeah, there might be some safety car action. There might be some mixed up strategies. There might, they'll probably, it might well be a race that the a team's mistake decides the win yeah. that, you know, you pit when you shouldn't or whatever, or, you know, means that a team misses out on a podium that they should have got that would have been quite rare. So, yeah, it's hopefully, like you say, hopefully it's more like 2017 and 18 and there's a lot of action on there. Yeah, I agree with Adam. I absolutely love Baku as, as a circuit. I think from a technical point of view, you have to set cars up for the top speed on the straights. And that means it's, the cars are really tricky to handle in the corners of which there's a lot because it's a street circuit. So, I think it's a fantastic challenge for the drivers as well. It's, it's a modern circuit with an old school kind of feel. If you make a mistake, there's not much runoff. Or if there is runoff, you have to do a three-point turn. Or is, is it Rag, Ragnarhaven? Or he did like Ragnarhaven. Ragnarhaven. Ragnarhaven, sorry. Yeah, he did like a 50-point turn and couldn't get out of the uh, <laughs> runoff. In or, or you do what Ricardo did and just like reverse straight into a car that's behind yeah. you when you're trying to get out. Yeah, so not, not yeah, a good corner think, for turning. No, yeah. I, I just think it's a brilliant circuit. Qualified is really good as well. As we saw with the close crash a couple of years ago, the drivers are always on the limit. You have to be close to the walls, and it produces great racing as well with, with the 2.2 counter flat out section. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm almost it's kind, of, it's kind of mad that the FIA have allowed this circuit to. Be raced at because some of the yeah. corners like turn 15 like the penultimate proper corner yeah. like, it's quite yeah. fact where Brendan Hartley and Gasly nearly yeah. took off that's just the mad corner and the, and the castle section as well it's just, it's just bonkers it's turn 15 the one that's kind of down the hill the left hander yeah, that really left. turns down yeah yeah it's, it's that's right that it's, it's, it's a hard corner a that. there, that's going to be mm. a pretty nasty accident Jensen yeah. Button was very angry about that corner when the track was um, first announced in 2016. That's weird to think that Jensen Button raced at Baku, but anyway, um, it feels like it's been ages since his F1 career. But um, 
he was really not happy at all about that corner. I remember him basically at every session just basically saying, we haven't got enough runoff here. This is not a safe trap, but still did it. And I think he, I don't know, probably did all right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying about Baku being a brilliant challenge of a track. It's just bonkers. And um, it's, yeah, it, my kind of uh, one thing is the only reason we've had sort of crazy races is because there's been like, um, a retirement in an unsafe location which is needed a safety car or something um, I feel like that's always been what's spurned a great crazy race I think there's only been a bit of like strategic play that's been relatively interesting there and that was um, Bottas being able to sort of leapfrog Vettel and Hamilton in 2018 but other than that the rest of it has been a bit like reliant on sort of I don't know a, a mechanical failure and stuff like that that's my only qualm with it but other than that I think the challenge is fantastic I seem to remember the qualifying in 2019 being like an hour and 45 minutes because of crashes and stuff and it's just it's one of those tracks that's um just brilliant to to watch Formula One at and has been a really really brilliant addition for for modern Formula One which is rare to say to be fair which yeah. was the race? Just didn't say it. Yeah. Mm. It was it 2017 um, with Vettel and just crashing into Hamilton, kind of as he yeah. was behind the safety car, just yeah. really annoyed that he thought he was being slowed down too much, <laughs> just yeeted oh. himself into the side in a kind of. It was just dark, wasn't it? And then he denied it. Yeah. What a, the low point what of his entire favorite, career. Favorite well, moments. One of many. <laughs> yeah, many <laughs> low points since that point for Sebastian. Um, yeah, that's the thing. You can't defend on the safety car restart because the final proper turn is so far away from the straight. You can go as slow as you want or as fast as you want. You just It's just impossible to defend. So if you're a car behind, you'll just get a massive slipstream, especially with the big, fat, wide, heavy cars that we've got now. So, yeah, that's why the restarts are just crazy. As of um, 2018... I think it was, or maybe 2019, they brought in the rule where um, there isn't a safety car line. So you have, you can just back the car up all the way to the start finish line, back the cars up. And that's, we've seen drivers like Verstappen do that. Bottas did it in Mugello, um, which caused a bit of a, a kerfuffle behind, to put it mildly. But when it's done, when it's done right and everyone sort of pays attention behind, then it can take ages for the race to restart. And that gives a defensive a mechanism to the driver at the front. Because in 2017 and 18, we saw Hamilton leading restarts and stuff and nearly catching up with the safety car by the time it got into the pits, which is not fun. Um, particularly for Bert Mylander when he's driving, looks in his rearview mirror and sees 20 Formula One cars about to pile on him. Um, but yeah, so there's if there's a safety car restart here, don't expect super slipstreamy restarts because it won't happen for the entire straight. It will happen right at the last minute with 250 metres to go until turn one, I would say. Yeah, um, just pulls a flyer. Yeah, unless, unless someone just messes up and goes, whatever, I'll take the drive through. Well, there'll, be, there'll just be a driver that doesn't realise. But would not surprise well, that, me at Mugello, all if there's a driver. It? If there's a driver, that just, yeah, just doesn't realise and goes from the safety car, especially yeah, like George if they're Russell. in the lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, George. Yeah. George yeah. Mugello. Yeah, George. With Giorgio. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I've always wondered if if it rains at Baku, it will be absolutely absolutely off the scale. Because those last few sweepers that aren't really turns in the dry, they will just be death traps in the wet. Me and, 
me and Freddie have done online racing on F1 2018 yeah. or 20 at Baku when it's wet and it's like about three cars finish and one of them's like <laughs> I think I did one race where I had to pit like three times because <laughs> I kept it's on simulation that I just kept breaking <laughs> wings it's so, like yeah, stop, it's, of, stop of Van Dorn finishing the points in 2018 he pitted four times that week wow. and he's, he's stop of Van Dorn he didn't have a good F1 career like it's that kind of track um yeah. My favourite moment, well, one of my favourite moments was Alonso's first lap in 2018. I was about to say that, yeah. Wrestled his car back. That was a great moment. And then he got seventh, I think, in that race. Mm. Yeah, he did. It was brilliant, brilliant drive. I mean, every race that year was Alonso's best ever drive, but um, (laughs) you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. But that one actually was really good. Um, Albeit, he did get squeezed into Sorokin. So he was that far back. But um, the rest of it was pretty good. Um, what's the Rockin was that far forward that he was you know going <laughs> wheel to wheel with a, than people think. with a two-time F1 champion I die on the hill that Sir Rockin was better than people think that's such a stupid hill to die on <laughs> I mean he could be 1% better than people think who knows um, but that's, an even, that's an even stupider hill to die on he's, he's not <laughs> even 1% better than people think <laughs> everyone's bang on with the percentage perception of Sergei Sorokin's one yeah. year in F1 at the back. Um, so, yeah, I think we can safely say we're all pretty much ready to love Baku again and really happy that it's back on the calendar. Um, I'm really happy it's it's back. It's just going to be brilliant. And the qualifying and the practice sessions will be, will be bonkers. We've got Formula 2 there, which is a good excuse to have some completely random grids on a completely bonkers track. So... Um, Three Formula Two races around around Baku is going to be something else, I'd say. Um, uh, Matteo Nanini's back, who's winging it F1 podcast's favourite driver. He's now replacing Gianluca Petakoff at Campos, so whatever's going on there is ridiculous. Um, but Gianluca Petakoff's lost out. But I will say there is some breaking news that I'm going to break, and that is that uh, Valtteri Bottas is still in Finland. Um, oh yeah, at the airport. <laughs> he's yeah. at the airport as we record this podcast. He's He's still in the airport doing the press conference from there because of travel disruption, as the headline has reported it. Whether he will get to Baku to start the race is yet to be seen, but he probably will. So um, ignore this bit of breaking news. Um, I like how the breaking news that he's still somewhere. It's not that he's gone somewhere. It's like he's still... (laughs) He's still in Finland. It's not like, yeah, it's not like Valtteri Bottas has gone to New Zealand by accident. That would be funny. to Mongolia. And no, it's just like he's, he has not left it. He is remaining in Finland. It's like the, that could have been the breaking news yesterday as well, or Tuesday. Like, oh, Valtteri Bottas, breaking news. He has not moved from Finland yet. But. For the foreseeable couple of years. Um, but not for that long. Um, so, yes. Um, right. He'll absolutely clean up, finish F4. <laughs> yeah. Poor Bottas. It'd be just Bottas's luck to end up not having an F1 drive just because Finland won't let him leave the country. Not because he decided for one week to go back to Finland rather than stay in Monaco. And he has to try to finish F4, which is only like one race because it's always snowing. So when um, Lenin in the. Like, <laughs> when Lenin was a driver for Mercedes. In the revolution, <laughs> then he, like, he was in St. Petersburg, but I wouldn't call that at the time. And I think he. Like escaped on foot to Finland when the was it the March or February Revolution fell through, 
so yeah he escaped to Finland on foot and lived there and then like only came back I think Trotsky organized most of the um successful revolution the October revolution and then he just like came in for the last bit because he, he was, was sent he was sent there like, by Germany because they thought he would they, they thought he would throw them off and make them lose the war and it did because they surrendered from the war to be fair um <laughs> but anyway that's enough um a level uh, Russian history. revolution, Russian revolution history for you guys. Like you can never have enough Russian revolution history in an F1 podcast. It's be- yeah, it's such a, such a just wait just... until Sochi. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be brilliant. God, we're going to completely overhaul that. Adam will be in America, trotting out all his um, stuff about Russia because that's what you do in America. Um, you know, on on the point of him returning to Russia, it was Germany. Like he went on a train run from Switzerland all the way up, like through. He would have gone through Germany and then I think through Denmark and Sweden. And like, yeah, went all the way around oh. to um, Petersburg. And then our head of history in straight. sixth form um, recreated that journey for a holiday because that was what she wanted to do. Bless. Um, mm. That's her first shout out on the podcast. Um, well yeah. done to you. Um, so, yeah, now just to a bit of quite nice positive news. We said screw you COVID at the beginning of the podcast. And we're going to carry on saying that because it looks like there'll be full fan attendance for the Austrian Grand Prix. And that will be, I believe, the first um, motorsport event with full fan attendance since prior to the pandemic. Um, I don't know what's been going on in Australia. Really international, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I, I think there's still plans to have the British Grand Prix with full fan attendance as well, um, depending on the UK situation. But who knows? There seems to be a lot of um, discussions about foothills of a third wave here, but that's a different podcast. That's not us. Um, but yeah, so two Austrian Grand Prix, two full fan attendance Grand Prix, um, presumably no, mostly one, only Aust- one. only one. The first oh. box seventy five percent. Okay, that's yeah, that's still. interesting. Um, still, a lot of people. Um, what was the percentage capacity at the Indy five hundred? That was sixty percent. So it's still um, it's still a lot. Going to be a lot more people closer together because it's a it's a small venue, the Red Bull Ring. So people are going to be pretty packed in. Um, yeah. So yeah, any any thoughts on fans back at the track? Rubbish. I hate it. No, it's great for everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been. I'm, go, I'm going to um, my first fan match, rugby match this weekend for a long Ooh, time. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I've been some in lockdown without fans, and it's so bizarre. It's just like it feels completely removed from anything it's just like a training game so yeah if it's been anything like that in a form which you probably haven't because they've got other noise um but yeah it's it's fantastic it's like especially the red bull ring because that's one that fans really benefit and that if the max Verstappen stand is going to be there that's always <laughs> always got some good tv shots and really adds to the atmosphere and it's kind of it's a great it's a really great track for um in terms of kind of the spectacle that you get as a spectator, I imagine I've not been, but you know, it's kind of on a hill, kind of in a in a bit of a bowl, and you know, you've got some um stands at the, the top that must have a fantastic view of the whole um yeah, the whole track or a decent proportion of the track. So it is it does feel like one way you get a good amount of value for money from your seats and yeah, it's things are getting back to normal. Nature is healing. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me, it is a massive step to return into life before the pandemic and stuff and you know there'll be thousands of fans there going who've 
had a tough 12 months or 18 months or whatever and going to an F1 race is just a brilliant thing for for them and I think international or people outside Austria can go as well because I don't think there's any quarantine measures so I think there will be a lot of Dutch fans cheering on Max but yeah just a fantastic thing and hopefully you know we could have what 10 or 11 uh, full fan attended races this year or something like that that would be that would that would be yeah just great yeah, 10 or 11 fans is 75% of the yeah. Red Bull. Um, <laughs> there was something really nice about watching the Indy 500 and essentially it looking full with fans. It didn't have anyone in the infield, but the outside, the controlled stands, it was fantastic to actually see an overtake and hear the roar of the crowd, which is something that's been complete, so rare. I think I've only seen it really in that the F- and the FA Cup final and the Champions League final. And that's all I've really seen crowd for. And it's so brilliant to see. You don't really think about how kind of... Sort of <laughs> you don't really think about how kind of emotional it is to sort of see a massive crowd. Like, we, yeah, I, I think for me, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, um, especially that, like going off topic slightly for Castro Neves' fourth win. If, if he didn't have a crowd there, it would have been oh. such a damn squib. But yeah, mm. that's... Yeah, I, um, I feel good, yeah, good. just just on that, like because Sato won it last year, it was kind of nice that he'd already won it, so he had that big fan moment. If someone, if it was their first Indy 500 win last year, and they hadn't had that sort of, or only hadn't had that sort of big fan presence, which is something that makes the Indy 500 phenomenal, then um, on so many other things, it would have been really quite a shame. Like Helio is not going to climb the the um, catch fencing to nobody, is he? And yeah, it, you're right. It just made it so so brilliant. You want to two fantastic puns. Um, but the uh, another sports fan uh, trivia is that at the Super Bowl, then they had they had some fans there that were I think key workers that were fully vaccinated, but they also had a load of like you know like cutouts, so it looked quite full. Yeah. Um, and then there were a load of people kicking off on Twitter about why there was a full house at the Super Bowl in like huh. January or February. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> what is this happening? There's <laughs> a load of guys like oh, it's actually cutouts, and they're like 25% fans, so that's quite funny. Well, they managed it for the snooker, and now that's the blueprint for the Austrian Grand Prix. Mm. So, um, yes, so we're going course. to move on to a few sort of quick prediction bits before we get on to <laughs> the return of the Winging It quiz. Woo! Cheer for the quiz. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Uh... Finally, I tried to get everyone to cheer for years. And finally, there's some cheers for the return of the quiz. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some few, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few quick predictions. Um, front row, uh, let's go with that. In the order you think. Adam Dickinson. I think it's just going to be really close. I, I think it's going to be like Spain. I think it's going to be really close. Cool. Adam, you're going to throw onto yourself that. The stuff the first. I'm tempted to put Paris second. Ooh, interesting. Wow. I've got an interesting one. No, I can't. Yes, I can. Paris second. I think Verstappen Norris. Bottas does quite well there, doesn't it? No, you think McLaren are going to be that strong? I think McLaren are going to be that strong in qualifying. Better than Mercedes. Back in. I'm I'm going to put Mercedes. I'm going to put Bottas as second, actually. That's a good shout. Bottas is a very good shout. And he's had some very, very good qualifying performances this year. Has Bottas. Apart from, apart from Imola, the rest of them have been good. 
Um, it's an important one as well. It's like there's not a big run to the first corner at all, despite the fact that they've got a million miles of straight that they could have used. They're like, oh, we'll just give them like two metres and then it's the first corner. Oh, it would have been mad if the start line was way down the other end. It would have been insane. Well, if they just did the track the other way around, that would be terrifying. Yeah. You've got the flat out corners at the end. <laughs> straight. Oh my God, no. That's terrifying to think of. Is there some rule that you've got to have like a sharp corner within X <laughs> distance from the tra- from the start line? Well, because there aren't like there are like she's not really yeah mm. and okay. yeah I don't think there is um, there there are lots of like random like, rules about tracks. I think there is one yeah and there's definitely one about the distance that you've got to have to the first corner. So maybe it's kind of tied into that. that the first I think it's going to be like X. It probably is that then, yeah. Minimum. I think there's just um, it's probably yeah more. I think people just circuit designers think it's more interesting to have cards close together at turn one. Um, mm. Although yeah, because Monza's a pretty big straight, isn't it? Um, from the grid, um, but that ties into Monza's kind of thing, doesn't it? But um, yeah, Nigel, you wanted to say something there, didn't you? I, I was just going to say, I think Baku is. a bit more of a Mercedes track so I'll be surprised if they're not if one of them's not on the front row like, mm-hmm. just, I'm, ju- I'm being seduced by Monaco that weekend's really well too that's and a good point past. but yeah I'll just it'd be fantastic if McLaren are right up there it'd be brilliant in fact. But, I think yeah, that, that's because like they, they prove they've got the efficiency for a street circuit with Norris and the way he can rotate the car in Monaco but also they've got the 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 straight line, that's a really slippery car they've got there. And I think they can set the car up in a really nice way. I think Ferrari are going to be way off because they've, they've only got acceleration. They don't have top end speed at all. And Honda have... I mean, they'll um, be good in the middle of the lap, though, I think, mm. Ferrari. Yeah, I but think. The, that's the thing. There's so much else in the lap. Like, you can't... If you're good in the middle of the lap, you can't set yourself up in the middle of the lap, like you said earlier, because of the long straight. So it's just going to be a massive negative compromise for Ferrari, surely. Mm. I, that's my that's my I don't see any outcome for that other than that for Ferrari, but I'll happily be proved wrong. I'm really happy because I was really happy to see them up there in Monaco. Um, just on the f- first corner, I had a look and it said the first corner must be a change of direction of at least 300 degrees with a rate. Uh, sorry, not 300. Wow. 400, 40, <laughs> 45 <laughs> degrees. Back, 45 degrees with a radius under 300 meters. And they say the start line should preferably be at least 200 so degrees, isn't it? From yeah, the, but Sochi wasn't the, turn one when it was built. Yeah, it was reclassified oh, okay. as turn one, so they're allowed to do that, I guess. Um, fake turn one, it's cool. Um, so yeah, so that's the front row predictions. Um, all right, um, other prediction, uh, 12th place in the race, Alonso. Oh, that's quite a good one, actually. Yeah, I was thinking him. Uh, Vettel. Vettel. I think Raikkonen. Um, how many finishes? Well, two. In the race? Bottas and Raikkonen. Yeah, I'm right, like ones in 12. <laughs> yes. I, I don't According... think there's going to be a safety car, so I think 19. Who's the wow. one? Someone will just like peel off or go in, go into the pit lane. Someone's peeled off just going by by pastry. Yeah, <laughs> goes past like some boutique shops or whatever. It's like in the so it's in the middle of a city. 
if it is the if it is a wet race, or at least on the um, F1 game, if probably. it's a wet race, then you just see like really bright lights from the shops. Like oh, the track's yeah. really dark, and then you just see the lights. Like you get up. Um, I thought you were going to say they're going to stop and buy like an umbrella or something, and then they'll be fine. Nah. Wet race. That'd just be silly. Um, I am going to go 14. Wow. 14. Race of attrition. Yeah. Two of them will be finished. <laughs> okay. So Bottas and Raikkonen are definitely going to finish um, yes. in the top 14. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go 16 finishes. Why not? It's a cop out number. Um, That's a sad indictment on Vettel if there's 14 finishes and he finished 12. <laughs> Fancy Wells finishes. Not, not sure. Not sure that's entirely consistent, but um, I don't know. Like if like all like all the Mercedes and Red Bull are out, and he's still twelfth, then something like that. All cars that should be ahead of him are out. <laughs> like the Williams have won the race. Like what are you doing? Um, one thing I think Williams yeah. could have a really awful weekend because it's so windy in Baku, and it's like a track that should work for them, and it won't. I think as well. Yeah. That's another thing I'm going to say. But um, does anyone have any final prediction categories they want to throw into the? Prediction I think Alpha might mix. get points again. Alpha Romeo, I think. Alpha Romeo. Because yeah, I think Giovinazzi, this is one of his best circuits, I reckon. One, so, one of the Williams... From, from his F2, it's fantastic. From GP2, he was brilliant here. He mm. took both wins in GP2. Yeah. My, my prediction is one, the Williams will finish 11. It'll be another, oh, they nearly got points and then they didn't. Which one? Race. Latifi or Russell? Uh, Latifi. See, it weirdly, weirdly, that feels more likely. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it feels more likely that Latifi will get points and Russell will be 11. Bless Russell. And bless yeah, Latifi. Bless, bless their con. Yeah. Um, but now, we move on to the most important part of the Winging It Formula 1 podcast. Baku, Azerbaijan, Grand Prix, preview, Grand Preview. Um, the bit you've all been waiting for, the bit Adam and Nigel have been revising very hard for, Drumming rolls. It's the quiz. Woo! Hooray! Grand preview. Six weeks. Shameful <laughs> Grand preview. Someone else uses Grand preview every week. I, I, I'm sure of it. They've got to. Someone else has to say Grand preview. Um, but yes, so you know how it works. You both buzz in with answers to the quiz. When I find it, I can't find it. Where's the quiz? No, that's the wrong thing. Where is it? Here's the quiz. I found the quiz. We're safe. <laughs> we have questions. Um, so now, guys, are you ready for Baku quiz? Yes, I yes. am. Wow, fighting talk. Okay, right. First question. When was the first Azerbaijan Grand Prix? Adam. Adam. 2017. Correct. He saw through the European Grand Prix ruse for a race yeah. that wasn't in Europe. <laughs> it's like the Europa League final was held in Azerbaijan. Again, not in Europa. There'll be hey, some Euros matches in Baku as well this, this mm. summer. Not only in Dublin, though. Yeah. Right, it's been a long time since I've done one of these and I'm just getting a notebook ready to keep track of the score. Um, it's 1-0. Yes, I only <laughs> have one question. It can only be one score. Yes, and I've written way too much in this notebook. There we go. Adam, one. I won't write Nigel's name down in case he doesn't get any points. Um, <laughs> right, question two. Where did Sergio Perez qualify for the 2016 race? Nigel. Nigel. He got fifth. No. Adam. I know he was on the podium. Adam. 
Fourth. No. It's gonna be a long round. Um, do you want to do, <laughs> no, do, do? Do you want to do closest from those? Nah, let's not. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, let's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, closest is Adam. Oh, what? Oh, okay. He Was qualified. He, he qualified second, but got oh, a grip wow. penalty, so started in seventh or something. Oh wow. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Was that Hamilton like Hamilton crashed? crashed. Yeah. Mm. It was a really good qualifying session. Um, I was, look, I was looking it up and I saw Hamilton was like 10th with a two minute lap in Q3. Yeah. I thought, what happened? Oh, yeah. Crashed. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So, another point to Adam for being closest. Well, 12th this weekend if he qualifies second. Mm. Yeah. Well, I predicted it and then reneged on that. So, I'll be annoyed. Which two drivers scored their first ever F1 points in the 2018 race? I think you both know one of them. Adam. Adam. Van Dorn. No. Yeah. He'd scored points before that. I was just going to be mentioned him in the, in the podcast earlier, so I thought I'd be annoyed if it is and I don't. So That's fair enough. Thank you. Uh... Nigel. Nigel. First, the first point in yeah, F1. In F1. It's not Alonso. No, it's not Alonso. <laughs> He'd scored two championships by this oh, point. Oh, I think, I think I know. All right. Wait for Nigel to say the names, but I'm going to have to time you out soon, Nigel. Six, uh, five, four, three, two, <laughs> one. Alonso. <laughs> yeah, Alonso scored his first points. Yeah, he Is won it's... those two championships with no points. He won 30, nearly 30 races with no no points. Um, Adam, is it Sirotkin? No, it's not. Okay. Oh, it's not. He was Monza. I thought um, Freddie would have put him in as a um, point to add to his reason Sirotkin. why Sirotkin was actually an F1 great. Yeah, definitely. Number thirty-five. Um, right, are you gonna you gonna narrow this down? I'm really really hoping the question. Oh, right. Nigel, um, we're close. Nigel, yes, yes, and do you have to name both? Yes. Of, uh, McClure and uh, I don't know, Gasly. No, no. He went fourth in Bahrain, mate. I can't remember that much of the grid guy. The 2018 F1 season. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but it was. So much. Is he on the grid now? Um, Oh, that's a good question. No, he's not. He's on a grid. He's on a grid. He's not on the F1 grid. Uh... No, it wasn't Callum Eilot because he didn't have an F1 debut in 2018, did he? Can't be, but no, it's not Perez. It's not Perez. <laughs> He's in the podium in that race, mate. Adam, I feel like I'm throwing it over to you because Nigel's had too many in the shot in the dark guesses. So, Adam, you've yeah. a free punt. I was trying to work my way through the grid in my mind. Good thing you're doing it in your mind, not like in mashed potato or something random. Just like writing them out in mashed potato. <laughs> As I've said previously, you can write on a banana skin, so I can be doing that. Um, yeah, got one over there. 
I'm opening a banana to be like a tennis player waiting for the next round to start. I'll just go for. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'll say a name you know. It's not the not the name. I'm going. Ericsson. Oh, good guess. It's not true. I'm afraid. He scored points in 2015. Yeah, I kind of. I think he was in F1. Would have been the case. Yeah. Ericsson tested the brawn. I think. I want to say he's been around for a long time. Such a young man. Um, do you want a final clue? Yeah. Pascal. Oh, no, no, no. What? what well, I was going to say Pascal Verlaine, but that's not right. No. Um, he's won Le Mans. This is a great clue. It is, but I don't know that many of Le Mans winners. So he's also a, a bit WEC champion. That's equally unhelpful. How do I not know this? Yeah, this I know. How I'm do you wondering the this? same thing, in all honesty. No, I my all I can think of is Kamui Kobayashi staring back at me. Well, he wasn't on the grid. Adam, you exclusively played the 2018 F1 game for about three years. Yeah, but I can't remember any this of the your, people on is... it. <laughs> oh, come on. I need to think of another clue. Um, anything of a clue that's lending itself to Adam? <laughs> I'm just gonna because it's not Buemi. His not first Degrassi. Grand Prix, it's not Hulkenberg. His first oh. Grand Prix was the US Grand Prix in 2017. Oh, Nigel, Brendan Nigel. Hartley. Yes, Brendan Hartley. Oh. I, thought, oh. I thought through him about so many times, and I think like, he didn't score points. Why that? Why <laughs> he didn't score points? He did. He That's scored his really first nice. points. He finished tenth. He was ahead of Gasly. Nigel, you oh, have a point. <laughs> One of the most forgettable F1 drivers, bless him. Um, he scored something like four or five points that year. Um, should have scored he more. Also crashed a lot. Those like, <laughs> those like he, um, he oh, compilations of like the best radio. A lot of it was just his engineer going, "Brendan, are you okay?" Oh no, <laughs> that's really sad. He would have been my Alex Albon that season if we were doing the podcast. Yeah, but mm. we wouldn't have hyped him up as much, so it wouldn't have no. been like. I really liked him. But like it was just like he kept underperforming, and it really annoyed me because I thought he was a really good driver before he was in F1, and then kind of like, oh, but Gasly's outperforming you, and you're just being—you're obviously been made to number two, yes, but that's because that's where you naturally fall as a rookie. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's three questions down. Um, <laughs> where did Hamilton finish for the 2016 race? We've already Adam. alluded to his Adam. Already alluded. Yes, it was fifth. We alluded to his um, inconsequential drive then. It's a very good answer. Um, Yeah. Cool. Moving on to the next question. That was a much quicker question. Um, Who qualified last for the first two Baku races? Another innocuous driver from the period. Nigel. Nigel. Ericsson? No, it was not. Well, I was going to go Rio Harianto, but I don't think he made it to two seasons. <laughs> he, didn't make it to, he didn't make it to a full season. No. He was, he was out by Spa. <laughs> so what was it? The first two... First two Baku six, races. Who qualified last? 16 and 17. Yeah, 16 and um, 17. European and Azerbaijan Grand Prix. 
Getting a banana was the best choice I made in this quiz. It gives me something to do. I thought you were going to say the best choice you made in your life then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was answering asking the question about who qualified last for the first two Baku Grand Prix. That was a really bad decision. Um, <laughs> was, uh, no, he's not innocuous. I can give you a clue that will really give it. But I'll, Nigel Magnusson. No. Ooh. Well, sorry, I've had two guesses. I, I, I need to be quiet. Yeah, I mean, it's all right. I said it was really, close. I'm not really making much progress. Um, I've got uh, to go. What, what's close to Magnuson in that kind of period? Well, that is. Oh, oh, was it Julian Palmer? Yes, it was. It was Julian Palmer. Oh, what a what a lad! The Renaults locked out the back row in the 2016 race. I thought that was quite something. I thought they were better than that. Um, mm. Cool. You have to Adam, be you're aware on four. The street circuit. Mm. Be alert on a street circuit. Alert, sorry, um, yeah. <laughs> that is the tiebreak question, but I don't think we're going to get there now. I need to come up with another one. I was like, what do you have to be on a street circuit? Like, oh. <laughs> um, that was going to be the clue if you didn't get Ladder. it as well. Um, right, the next question is, who out-qualified Pascal Verlein in the 2016 race? Adam. Not like all of them. Which teammate out-qualified Pascal Verlein? Oh. oh. So, Adam. Adam. Was it Gutierrez? No, it wasn't. Nigel. Well, I think Adam mentioned him before. Rio Harianto. Yes, it was Rio Harianto. Nigel's clawing yeah. his way back in. That's two points now. Um, Don't worry. <laughs> I'm really throwing you under the bus with this. Um, but yeah, I just thought... I saw oh, I'm used to it. Oh my goodness. Rio Harianto did something better than Pascal Verlein. And I was so shocked that I had to put it in there. Um this is another one that I forgot about, so I assume you guys do. Um, <laughs> who came second in 2018? Nigel. Adam. I heard Nigel first, I'm afraid. It was very close. 2018? 2018. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is, it's 4-3. Yes. Maybe I shouldn't have told you what the bonus question was. Um <laughs> this, this is going to be a buzzer race. Who declared themselves stupid in qualifying for the 2019 race? Adam was first. No, Charles I'm Leclerc. not having that. I'm not, I was Charles first. Leclerc. I'm having that. You weren't first. I was way before you. Nigel, you weren't first, mate. No, you weren't. Adjudicator rules, and Adam already said I, the answer anyway. I'm yes, going to look back at this footage and send it to Gucci. <laughs> I'll be on YouTube. It's on YouTube, mate. <laughs> no. <laughs> or on a podcast platform of your choice. Um, if it's on that podcast platform, don't don't choose one it's not on. Um, anyway, um, cool. This is going to be a more a closest of question. How long was FP1 in 2019? So, Adam, give your guess. How long was FP1? Like, including delays, because like the clock carries on. Well, the clock carries on, but um, FP1 was cancelled after a certain amount of time. That's that's oh. the, so. After how long was it cancelled? You said FP1 resumed. was cancelled. I was going to go like, oh, no minutes then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why I had a certain amount of time. Oh, um, I don't know, fifty minutes. Fifty five oh. Yeah. Okay. Twenty. The back five zero. Twenty two. Nigel gets the point. It was twelve minutes long. Oh, should have gone for what 15. Because um, George no, Russell went over, yeah, George Russell went over yeah. a, um, went over a 
manhole that came up and hit the oh, floor yeah. of his car, which they decimated his car, like detonated it. And then they put him on a truck to bring him back, and the truck crashed into the advertising hoarding yeah. because the truck was too big for where the advert was. <laughs> and then they were just like, ugh, let's call the whole thing off. So they did. And they're just like, goodness sake, a truck has crashed into the track. Claire Williams was absolutely fuming with that. As yeah, because well. it completely destroyed yeah. the car. Um, oh, they should have built a better car in the first place. Um, there was it's another very in the... close here now, guys, by the way. Yeah, I know, but I've got another off-topic thing that in the Tour de France 2013, I believe, um, they the for the first stage, it was going to be ending in a sprint, and then they uh, one of the team buses crashed yeah. into the finish line, so it couldn't get through. So they had to move the finish line like forward, like further into the stage, and then like change then it, it back did. when they yeah when the bus got through, then they had to change it back again. What's the next question? Next question is the final question. Um, unless Nigel gets it right, um, in which case I need to think of a decider question. Um, another 2019 Grand Prix question. Who topped every practice session in the 2019 race? Grand Prix. Nigel. Adam was first. Is it Leclerc? It was Leclerc. Hey! Bam, 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 bam. Adam did ah. six points. Charles Leclerc saved points. you in this quiz. What are these two answers? He's been lots of answers. Brendan He's... Hartley saved you. Ambrio Harianto saved you. Two <laughs> largely forgettable. I can't believe Kami Bikabi actually got a shout out. That's fair enough. Um, yeah. Someone who hasn't been in F1 since 2014. Um, got, it's got nowhere near Baku. Got a shout out. Um, fair play. So, yeah, that's um, a win for Adam Dickinson. Commiserations to Nigel Chu for the quiz. But who knows where we will be come the. French Grand Prix? Is that the one after this? Um, yeah, when we yeah. have to be questions about that. Who's going to win the quiz then? <laughs> Watch next time to find out. Thanks very much for watching, everybody. Thanks very much for listening, if you listened. Um, we do hope you enjoyed the Azerbaijan Grand Prix weekend, and we'll see you on the other side of it for our Azerbaijan Grand Prix review. So, yeah, stay safe, everybody. Take care. Have the best time of your lives. Au revoir. Wow. Au revoir. <laughs>